Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. To be able to finish as strong as we did, you know, we go into a single elimination tournament knowing that you needed to win maybe a game um, and then be able to get that Penn State game, one of the hottest teams in the Big Ten, and then go get uh, Purdue, who we had just played. It was really, really hard, so it showed great grit, uh, toughness from our guys. So excited to be a part of this. This is what you dream of as a coach. I know these guys dream of it as players. So excited about it. Did I just hear that right, gentlemen? Did I hear Richard Patino in that soundbite use the term grit? He's stealing from my sport now. I don't know. College basketball is pretty high up on the the grit scale too, right? I mean, oh, hockey's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. probably not wrong. You know, anything that's kind of muddled and scrappy. That's another yeah. college basketball term, scrappy. If you're on, I, I feel like uh, basketball grit comes from if the ball and players are on the floor a lot, and in college basketball feels like the players are on the floor a lot. So yes, I'd say like grit on is the, fair. Like, like on the floor, battling. The floor. Yeah, okay. like loose loose balls are. Rolling around and guys are diving, right? Trying okay. to tie up the ball. Sure. That's basketball grit. Okay, right. That makes sense. Yeah. I uh, I have some bad news, though. So, oh, no. so Patino held his uh, press conference today. They left this afternoon for uh, Des Moines. He held a press conference this morning, actually, before they practiced and uh, was asked, basically, is your extended family going to be there? And he goes, well, my wife and kids will be there. And I've got my brother's coming and my cousin's going to be there. And then the follow-up was, well, I'm a dad. Yeah, I like how he beat around the bush. Like, that, he didn't know and that's he goes, who they were asking and Patino, about. And Patino, Patino who, who had never misses, and good for him, the opportunity to engage in, in being sarcastic, is like, is that your way of trying to ask if my dad's going? Because he's in Greece coaching <laughs> yeah. this team. Their season's not done, and he will not be there. We went through a period when he first got the job, and it wasn't just the first couple media sessions or... You know, interviews. It was for two years. The only question he got was, "So, uh, how much did you know, do you ask your dad for advice? What was it like working for your dad and working for Billy Donovan?" And I think he got he got so burnt out on those questions, and so finally now people are a little bit gun shy to even ask him about his dad anymore. <laughs> and then the whole like. His dad getting fired and him getting that round of questions. And the lawsuit and, still going on <laughs> yeah. with the school. So so, so Rick, the season's over, but Rick is still overseas? No, or? no. According, I found a story in the, in the Louisville Journal Courier today that said that uh, his team in Greece actually has a game on Wednesday night, so they're not done. Okay. I thought they were, but they're not done playing. 
So he will not be, be there, which is probably not the worst thing for Richard. If you're I would Richard, have liked to have seen it, though. Oh, as a I was, fa- I was as there a media for that. or a yeah. fan. Oh, yeah. But I'm saying if I'm Richard, I'm probably like, yeah, you know, the one thing I probably don't need is dad sit, sitting there in a in a yeah. golfer sweater. And then the entire storyline, the whole game is going to be about Rick. It is one thing that we've been deprived of here. Really, the only in my lifetime, the only meaningful NCAA tournament run was in 1997. And that's the one that now the banners got taken down because of an academic scandal. and mm-hmm. And it is like every once in a while you feel like the Gophers are they go to the NCAA tournament once every few years or once every three years, whatever it is, and like but they don't do anything. It's been twenty years since they've actually given you in a run. When we talk about a run in the NCAA tournament, two it's wins not like five wins. wins. It's two, two wins. wins. Two, two wins, two wins yeah. is a run, right? People will remember it as remember that Sweet Sixteen year, yeah, absolutely that Sweet Sixteen run, right? Yep. Yeah. So go Clem beat, got through, you're right. And if you get a decent enough seed, like last year the Gophers were a five seed and they played Middle Tennessee State. Now Middle Tennessee State was one of the best twelve seeds, maybe the best twelve seed we've had in five years. And five twelve is for some for whatever reason is always the up. There's yeah. at least one of those every year in the in the tournament. But if you make a run and your first round game is against a directional school from Tennessee, really it's like beat a team you're supposed to and then win a coin flip game and right. that's a run. Yeah. The Gophers have to win two coin flip games, it's or well, one coin flip game, no, and, then, and then pull an upset. The second one is going to be tough, right? Yes. The thing with Patino, though, is is and it, this goes back a little bit to what Phil was talking about on yesterday's show. Of all the coaches in town, and and of all the you know, there's some who are a little bit over the top, blah blah blah. He is, unless you just don't like people, he's eminently likable. Like PJ Fleck, I still don't know that I get it. Like I, I get that I get the kids get it, and so so if that wins, and and in Fleck's defense, I think he is a good offensive football mind. So if that works, great. But I like look at him, and I'm like, okay, for my age, this is not my cup of tea. You know, Zim Zim, I like, but he's just crusty. You know, Tibbs was incredibly crusty. Boudreaux, I like as a coach too, but you know, he's an old school coach. He's just a coach. Patino's the one guy in town that you like go to a press conference and he's got, I don't know if it's the, and this is going to sound too much, but I don't know if it's the sort of twinkle in the eye of, I know what you're doing or something. There's just something about him though. That's easy in some ways to gravitate towards. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, and I don't know that there's any other coach in this, this town that I watch do a press conference or watch speak. And I'm like, they get, they get that. I get what's going on here. (laughs) He understands it, and it's likable. And I think that's an important thing for a college basketball coach to have because more than half your job is recruiting and going into living rooms and being likable and trying to convince people and their parents to come and come and play for you. And if you're, I don't know, a Rick Pitino or, or a John Calipari, you don't have to be as likable, although those guys have their likable qualities as well, because you go into a living room and you go, look, I'm going to deliver an NBA contract. Like, in a year or two, your kid's going to be playing for millions of dollars. That's your selling point when you're one of those guys. But when you're Richard Patino and trying to convince a kid to come to Minnesota, you need that kid and his parents to genuinely like you and feel good about going to play yeah. for you for multiple years. Yeah, once you, and once you build the house, you make millions of dollars and they come to you, right? right. But it's so hard to build the house. When you've built the house like Nick Saban has built the house at Alabama— <laughs> You make $10 million a year or whatever the hell he makes. I think it's $10 million a year. And you turn away five-star guys because your roster can only be so big and you only have so many scholarship players. And so if you look in college basketball, 
How many programs have truly built the house? Maybe 10 to 20? I mean, the Duke, North yeah. Carolina, 20 Kansas. Be, 20 might be high. Yeah, 10 so is 15. pushing it. I'd yeah. say 10. So Michigan State has built the house. To some degree, Michigan. There's like those kind of gray area schools. But, right, but yeah. But all the other, of all the teams that are that are playing in the, uh, what is it, there are like 300 teams that are playing in the Division One mm-hmm. version of college basketball? And almost all of them are building a house. And that's where, that's like when I talk about have some self-awareness, us as Gophers fans and people who follow this program, they're not anywhere near one of those 15 programs. And so if you get a guy like Richard Pitino to what Judd's saying, who's, he's a likable, get it guy. He's getting the Daniel Oturus and the Amir Coffees to stay in state. No, he's not getting Tyus or Trey Jones, but you always have to compare to would Fred Hoiberg have gotten Trey Jones? Because I don't think anyone. If Mike Shashevsky wants you, you're going to do. And Patino also no. Patino also basically wink, wink acknowledges. He he brought that up today. He he said there's a narrative that we don't get our guys here. He said that's not true. I've got three guys here, and without yes. saying it, and and I know I know the diehard kick ass fans going to be like that's no excuse. Without saying it, he said what Phil just said, which is okay. I'd love to get Trey Jones. Don't think I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Are we at a point where I'm going to? Absolutely not. Now, he didn't say that, but he also he also bristles at the fact that fans now come back and say, you don't get any of this local talent. He's, like, that, he's like, that's not true. He got three of the top five recruits in the state. But like a lot of coaches, a lot of coaches in his shoes would just get super defensive mm-hmm. and wouldn't and, and would say, I don't have, you know, I get guys yeah. back off. He doesn't do that. He's like, all right, I got guys. And I'm not getting everybody, but there comes a point in time of talent, and if he stays here 10 years, perhaps that changes. His biggest whiff on paper is Isaiah Washington. Yes. But if you go back and, okay, let's play that out. First guess, Let's with, with hindsight being what it is, it's easy to say, well, that's clearly a whiff. But people are going to rip him. Well, why did you let this Minnesota-based guard go play elsewhere? And Isaiah Washington is, that's a, that's a, that's a recruiting miss. And I would say if in the moment someone said, well, you can have this Minnesota guard is pretty good, or you can have Mr. Basketball in New York. I'll take Mr. Basketball in New York. I would too. Right. I, I also think if you got Patino to sit down and talk about it, though, he, he wouldn't just get defensive. I think he would say, yeah, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. But that's what I like because nine out of 10 coaches in any sport, especially colleges, are going to be like, I don't have to answer to you. I didn't, it didn't work. And that's not my, he's just like, okay, it didn't, it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Do you see so how how much did you guys when you're on the uh, on the fan in Milwaukee? Did mm-hmm. you guys get into Badgers basketball very much? I mean, was that like is that a popular? I mean, when thing? when they got on a run, yeah, it was the biggest thing. Like when they had that Final Four run, mm-hmm. yeah, we talked a lot about Badger basketball. Um, and you know, in recruiting season, we'd talk about a little bit about what they've done, get somebody on to tell us a little bit about the kids, but. On on a regular basis, no, it was never a major point so, of discussion. But it was not like you guys immersed yourself enough when it was relevant. I guess my question is, we have wondered for years and years and years on this side of the border rival, and apply this to, to football too, because it's the mm-hmm. same thing. Well, if they can build what they've built over 25 years, and they can go to Rose Bowls, and they can go to Sweet 16s every year, and there was a run of 18 years where Wisconsin under Bo Ryan, and for a couple years under Dick Bennett, where they didn't finish worse than a tie for fourth in the Big Ten regular season in basketball. And we sit over here and we're like, okay, if they're doing it in Madison, and it's like the, the recruiting pools overlap so much, sure. 
why can't it be done here at least 75% of the way? And you know what's funny? You said this. You said something along these lines to me on a show last week, and it didn't dawn on me at the time, but I walked out of here, and in my car ride home, I had the realization that when I was in Wisconsin and we'd talk about Wisconsin sports, we'd sit there and go, Man, why can't we be Ohio State yeah. or Michigan? Yeah. Like they're right over the border. Yeah. Like the recruiting pools overlap. Like why? Why aren't we one of those programs that I get here? Do you guys want to be Wisconsin? Yeah. So, it, the, but that perfectly illustrates what you talk about all the time, Phil, when it comes to this Minnesota program, and and that is the building the building of the house. That you're not just. You're not just at that level overnight. It takes a long time to even get to where Wisconsin is. And then when you get to where Wisconsin is, you want to be Ohio State and Michigan and and Penn State and the other powerhouses in the Big Ten who actually compete for national titles, not just Rose Bowls and meaningful bowl games, if there's any such thing as a meaningful bowl game that's not in the college football playoff. But that comes from from the fact that in the early 90s, Wisconsin made a very, at at the highest, as high as you could possibly go, Wisconsin made an effort and sat down and said, how do we get good? This school has always had coaches come in and try and win, but I I don't remember if I can ever say that the president said, damn it, we're going to be good in football and and basketball. And, and Shillelagh got hired and she hired Barry and Barry came in in football. And I think the frustrating thing from our end here though, is, is before that Wisconsin was worse than the Gophers in basketball and football. You know, Don Morton was a complete Mm -hmm. joke. And so, so we went from, well, at least there's always Wisconsin to what happened. But the difference is, I don't know that anyone at this school has ever said, you know, from the president has ever said, how do we get good? And I don't mean good for like three years. I mean, how, how do we build the house so, so we, at least if we're not winning championships, are comfortable with it? And I think a big part of that is getting coaches who want to be there. And not guys who who are coming from a, a, a smaller and, and lesser situation and who are going to be looking for the bigger and better situation the whole time that they're in Wisconsin. I think one thing Barry Alvarez got when he became the AD was bring in coaches who this is this is where they want to be. This is their ultimate destination. Bo Ryan didn't want to go anywhere but the University of Wisconsin. Brett Bielema it didn't look like for a long time would want to go anywhere except for maybe Iowa because that's where he played and started his coaching career. And then it was surprising when he left for Arkansas, but now their head coach is Paul Christ, who played under Barry Alvarez for the Badgers, and he started his coaching career in Wisconsin. So I think that that's become sort of their philosophy and their way of operating, that they're going to bring in guys who Wisconsin is not a stepping stone, but rather it's a destination. Greg Gard, who's the coach of the basketball program now. He wants nothing more and has never wanted anything more than to be the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers basketball program. So he's there to stay. He's going to keep that job as long as they'll have him and work as hard as he can to keep it. And when I think of the the Gopher basketball and football programs and like, okay, who would some of those guys be? Those guys who played in the program or were around the program in the school and like like Ryan Saunders is an obvious name, but... JB Bickerstaff, but he's an NBA guy now, right. and he's making a ton of money probably the next 20 years as an NBA coach. It's not like the list is 20 deep of obvious choices. So, uh, Gophers on Thursday, Judd's going to be there in Des Moines. Yeah, it'll be fun. And you're going to do your show from the ESPN Des Moines studios. So, we're going to, and it sounds like, um, we're going to send Seth down there. We're going to have some social media stuff. So we're going to we're going to be all over the Gophers. We're going to do a live uh, watch along too uh, during the game too. We're going to be all over the nice. place. 
doing uh, go for NCAA tournament coverage. Scorenorth.com is your hub. S K O R North.com. And uh, you can also follow us on social media at Score North or slash Score North on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Who is your favorite Vikings backup quarterback ever? We have unleashed a bracket, and the voting is taking place on Twitter. And let's go through some of the results uh, early on here in just a couple minutes. Hey, real quick, let's give away some Twins tickets. We're going to be giving away Twins tickets just at random on our show this week to the home opener on Score North Live with Matthew Collar and on Touch Em All, which will be on tomorrow in the 1 o'clock hour. We're going to give away Twins tickets to the first caller who can answer this question correctly, 651-646-8255. Game 163, 2009 against the Detroit Tigers. Who scored the game-winning run for the Twins in that game? Ooh, that's a good one. Who scored the game-winning run? Who stepped on home plate? I like that people are calling before you're even done asking the question. That's the strategy, though, yeah, right? If for you, sure. you're confident in yeah. your Twins trivia or not, like just. Oh, they're just. What's the worst thing going to happen? Throw, I guess you up. say the wrong thing to Jonathan and he goes, <laughs> no, sorry, and hangs up. That's all that's going to happen. Maybe Jonathan throws in a condescending comment about you being an idiot, idiot. or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. I could see him doing that. Uh, so we posed this question. It's bracket month on Score North. Not just college basketball bracket month, but. We had our grittiest Minnesota athlete bracket the first week in March. This week, by the way, I called that. I don't know if you guys remember. I said Jim Kleinsasser was Dude, my favorite. That's a great. That's a great uh, piece of foreshadowing by you. He's a fullback. He's a fullback. He's a tight end, and he had facial he hair. Moved to full. He he, I believe, yeah. was the first H back. Yeah, that's right. The H back had big shoulder pads. The I, name I was still fine. I was still a little bit surprised. You wanted to be honest. Face was always dirty. Which that's, one was one of you guys who said the more consonants you have in your name, the yeah, grittier you are. The more consecutive consonants with no okay. vowels in between them. Yeah, yeah, it makes you gritty. Yeah, Kleins. <laughs> yeah, but the current. The current bracket and voting is taking place on the Score North Twitter account, twitter.com slash Score North, S-K-O-R North. And you can find a full bracket at scorenorth.com. Your favorite Vikings backup quarterback. And uh, the first round results are Y'all got a thing for backup right quarterbacks around here, don't you? Well, Sage Rosenfels is our guy. Yeah, He's in the studio today at Purple Daily. Yeah. And there's a lot of backup quarterbacks that wind up starting in Minnesota Vikings history. In fact, pretty much all backup quarterbacks wind up starting and getting new contracts. I feel like that's a fetish for Vikings fans, backup quarterbacks. Oh, and we love them, too. We're all convinced the next one's going to be the answer. Well, uh, here's some of the voting results. Uh, First round matchups, Wade Wilson. That's right in Judd's wheelhouse in the 80s, watching Vikings football in the 80s. Just passed away, yeah. And Sean Hill who had two stints as a Vikings backup quarterback, mm-hmm. early 90s or early 2000s, and then again a couple of years ago. Maryland, yeah. Wade right. Wilson with a 67 to 33% lead in that one. Your thoughts, Judd? Wade Wilson will will win. You know, Sean Hill was never never really the a guy that, that the fan base was like, he should start. He, he was signed here. He was quarterback of Maryland. He was signed here, and he was sort of Ticey's guy because Ticey was from Maryland, and then he came back here for that uh, glorious, was that a two-year run? And then when Teddy's leg blew up in practice, Sean Hill started the yeah. first game at Tennessee. But this is going to be an easy victory for Wade Wilson. Uh, speaking of easy victories, the second first-round matchup is between Kelly Holcomb, who was a backup for a couple minutes in uh, 2007, against two-time Vikings backup, and then a stint as a starter in one of these seasons, uh, Gus Farratt, who is up 
97% to 3% but this, that matchup. This, this, is what a, this is what a 16-1 matchup yep. should <laughs> be, isn't yes. it? This is, that's yes, a, that's this exactly is right. piling on Kelly Holcomb, though. Come on. I feel like you gave Kelly a tough opponent. I feel like I feel like if, if you didn't want it to be completely one-sided, Gus should have got a tougher opponent. Kelly, this is... Kelly Holcomb was a disaster. Maybe disaster. Well, they acquired him from from Philadelphia for a draft pick, and I I the only start I remember was the the, the game in Kansas City at Arrowhead. He started. All right, I pulled up the. I pulled it was up the Sid, it was Sidney Rice open in the end zone, and he like threw the ball almost into the stands. Well, I mean, Kelly, it, was, it was a little windy. Gus was good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now we'll disagree again. But Gus was fine. Gus, you know what? As you far have, as like, the a weird positive memory of Gus Ferrari, because yeah, I was watching, because <laughs> I was watching, because I was watching Tavares Jackson. <laughs> Gus being good didn't take a lot. Here's okay. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. This is not to pile on Judd because Judd was uh, afflicted with Vikings quarterback disease, like all of us yeah, were. Yeah, I was watching Tavares. Yes. So Rami, the the season in question was 2008. Okay. And uh, and Judd remembers the gap between Gus Ferrat and, and T Jack was terrible. Yeah. So so T Jack was Brad Childress's chosen one to be the starting quarterback, and it was just like he threw one route, and <laughs> if the quarterback <laughs> figured it out, it was a pick six. And uh, and Gus Ferrat came in, and our memories, and I'm kind of with Judd has much more fond memories of Gus Ferrat, but I think back to the '08 season and like, yeah, Gus Ferrat had a pretty good year with the Vikings, right? Gus Ferrat in 2008 with the Vikings had a 73.7 passer rating, 12 touchdowns, 15 picks, and 15 That's the good season you're talking about? Compared to (laughs) T-Jack, yes. I'm not kidding you. He's also come on this station a couple times in the last year. He's been good when he comes on, so he's he's a good sport, and he's uh, He concussed himself in Washington by headbutting a wall. So, I I mean, you know. That's what he's most known for, which tells you all you need to know about Gus Ferrat. I did like him, That's what he's most known for. I did like the guy. Another matchup here in the first round. Favorite Vikings backup quarterback bracket, scorenorth.com. Joe Webb against Jay Fiedler. So the 1998 third string quarterback against Joe Webb. Not going to be close. And Joe Webb is dominating 83% to 17% right now. Never forget the victory in Philly. Yeah, that cost after the Vikings they had Andrew to wait, Luck. After they had to wait till till two. No, right? the, uh, that was a different game. no, that that was that was the victory in Washington when Ponder mm. got hurt. No, uh the victory in Philly, they're supposed to play on Sunday night. There was a huge storm, huge snowstorm. Philly shut her down. State of emergency declared. They delayed the game till Tuesday night. And against the I think a decent Eagles team, the Vikings beat them and Joe Webb started a quarterback. Okay. Yeah, Joe Webb, the, he was most famous for, there was a YouTube video of him training that went viral yeah. where he jumped over like those little ch- training boxes that you jump over. Oh, I remember that, yeah. And he jumped over like a skyscraper of those things one time. <laughs> and people are like, that guy's a quarterback. Did that not translate into success on the field, jumping over boxes? Uh, no, it, it, no, Well, it translated into giving him extra time to throw, but when he threw it, it wasn't positive results, so... Uh, another first round matchup here, and this guy was just in studio hanging out with us today. Sage Rosenfels is leading Todd Bauman, sixty three percent to thirty seven percent. Todd Bauman, I'm surprised by that. My Buffalo High School head coach is right that now. is that biased because Sage works for us and people like Sage now? I'm surprised. There, there's a I'm lot a, of recency bias. I'm a little here. bit surprised. Todd was Todd was fine backup. I mean, this is pretty. Are you much, saying he's better than Sage, or just that it should be closer well, than this? It should be closer because if I if I'm correct, and and Phil can confirm the stats, I want to say Todd played more. I mean, Sage didn't really play here. 
He was a backup he here. Never, he didn't never, play. never played in a regular season game here. But Todd did, right? Todd played a few games here. Yeah. So I'm just surprised. Todd, Todd's from here. Todd Bauman had a game one time, I think it was against the New Orleans Saints, where he threw for three touchdowns, 300 yards or something yeah. ridiculous. Um, some other first-round matchups, just to fly through these. And the voting, if you want to vote, you can just vote on our Twitter account and uh, follow the results along as we go this week. Brooks Bollinger against Matt Castle in the first round. I can't decide. I think Brooks is going to win that one. I feel like Brooks Bollinger did more in his time here than Matt Castle did. Am I wrong about that? Yes, you are. Okay. Well, Brooks You're Bollinger absolute... played one game here. Yeah, so. against the Packers. And I'm it was... definitely wrong about that. Against the Packers, and it was a complete disaster. They got beat 38-7 to or something in that game, and Adrian Peterson tore his knee up. That's not good. But they only missed like two games because he's Adrian Peterson. Um, and then we have John David Booty against old school Bob Barry in a first round matchup. John David Booty is just oh, a great name, and that's not even yeah, that's not going to be close. He's got to advance. JD, JDB JDB is going to fly through that round. You yeah. gave a guy whose last name was Booty a different nickname. Like you didn't need to give him a different JDB. nickname. His name is Booty. Whatever. <laughs> I just said he's going to fly through the round. I was trying to keep this as simple as possible. Okay, Rami. All right. Uh, Steve Dills, the backup for Tom Tommy Kramer in the early '80s, and McLeod Bethel Thompson, the first round matchup. McLeod Bethel will win. We're still infatuated with MC, that arm. MCT? MBT. I'm with that guy from it's California who wants to kick your ass. You and Big Ace. Me and Big Ace. Me and Big Ace. We, we like two things, kicking your ass and porn. And we're all out of... <laughs> well, actually, we're all out of porn. Actually, you're never... No, that's not you're true. You're never out of porn. If you've run out of porn in 2019, you've got a, severe internet you got a problem. real problem, dude. You have a severe internet problem. And then the final first-round matchup. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I thought we were done. Oh, I thought we'd go Sean, into the break on a lap. Sean Salisbury <laughs> against Spurgeon Wynn. What do you think there, Phil? I think Sean Salisbury is the much more notable name, but just for the funny factor, people are probably going to vote for Spurgeon Wynn. Spurgeon Wynn played one of the worst games of all time, the game at, at Lambeau, right? Yeah, the Vikings put Spurgeon Wynn in at the end of a tanking season, and... Uh, yeah, it was it was not good. He started like one game against was it Baltimore? It was well, Baltimore. no, no, he started. He played well. Okay, he played in Lambeau. I don't remember if he started that game. And then I and then and then yeah, you're right. They were supposed to play Baltimore in week two of that year, but because of nine eleven, the game got kicked back to the last week of the season. You're right. And then he started that game. I think Spurgeon win wins based on that. The memories yeah. of Spurgeon win being absolutely terrible. Who do you think wins the whole bracket? Ooh, who takes it down? I'm going to say Gus Farad. Is that too predictable? No, now just because he's. I, I was going to say the same thing, but is are, are we just being predictable he's because the he's odds got such a favor, right? such a big lead? I don't mind playing chalk though. Does Sage have a chance? See, I'm surprised by Sage's lead right now. So does that lead us to believe that Sage has a chance? I mean, Sage has become part of the family here, and he's on the podcast with Matthew. I wonder if Sage got a shot. I think shot. it comes down to Gus and Sage. Wouldn't it be great if Sage won and Sage had never played a game for the Vikings? Or if like Sage got to the final and we just put Brett Favre in the bracket and Brett Favre won? <laughs> oh, do you know? oh wait, that actually happened once in I was real life. Say, that's, that's the story of our station here, Brett Favre. Um, let's come back. We'll wrap with Roycey. A couple words for you first here. I'll go first here. Okay. And then, we'll, and then I'll hand the baton off to you. Thank you. Well, it'll be like a relay race of... Uh, of live of spots? Live spots here. Okay. Let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota for a, a moment here. It's it's pothole season. We've been talking about pothole season. And uh, every day I feel like I'm just weaving in and out of potholes. And I'm driving on two wheels over here to avoid a pothole and two wheels over there. And Luther Brookdale Toyota 
is here just in case I hit one of those potholes, mess up my alignment, and cause some damage. Because what happens is you may think, okay, that felt bad, it sounded bad, it looks like everything's fine, but these potholes can cause damage that you can't really see, and those can cause bigger problems later on. So if you're hitting a bunch of potholes, bring your vehicle into Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 Brooklyn Boulevard. Have my friends Steve and company check on your vehicle. And while you're in there, why don't you take a look at some of the brand new 2019 models like the 2019 RAV4 with upgraded safety features and technology on the interior. It's the best dealership and service department in the Twin Cities. Again, 694 Brooklyn Boulevard and Luther Brookdale Toyota, Judd. Thank you, sir. And I, I want to talk about my friends at Serta Pro Painters. Okay, so you get in your car at Brookdale, Luther, Toyota, and you drive home and you're thinking to yourself, my life is perfect now. My car is fixed. I don't, my alignment's great. And you walk in the door of your house and you look at your rooms. And then you pause and realize your life's not perfect. Guess what? Your rooms need to be painted. They need to be painted now. That's where you pick up the phone and you call 800-GO-CERTA because the people at CERTA Pro Painters are going to take care of those rooms that need work. Guess what? I recently had this done. Uh, my guest room and my bath, they were in bad shape. They didn't look great. Well, the folks from CERTA uh, Pro Painters, Jose and his team came to my house and I only have two words now that the bath and guest room have been painted. That is professional and thorough. Those rooms look fantastic. Those rooms look great. And now your life is perfect. And that's why now it's your turn to contact the folks at Serta Pro Painters and feel the same satisfaction that I did. Perhaps you need a room or two painted like me, or perhaps the exterior of your home needs to be painted. And so you want to get that done this spring or summer. It helps that each Serta Pro Painters business independently owned and operated, so it's right here in your community. And I urge you to schedule your free estimate. That's right, free estimate online at SertaPro.com or, again, by calling 800-GO-CERTA. Secure your spot now on Serta Pro Painters' uh, spring painting schedule. Slots are going to fill up fast. Find out for yourself the type of quality, like I did, that you get from Serta Pro Painters. Again, get your free estimate online, SertaPro.com or by calling 800-GO-CERTA. That is Serta with a C, Serta Pro Painters. We do painting. You do life. Thank you, Jonathan, Mackie, and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. Congrats to Will in St. Paul, who took home the Twins tickets. We were giving away on Mackie and Judd with Rami today. We're giving away with Twins tickets all week long here on Mackie and Judd with Rami, as well as Score North Live with Matthew Collar and the uh, Touch Em All show, which uh, Derek and I will have tomorrow at 1 o'clock here on Score North. On we also will have uh, a couple more show-related announcements, twins-related announcements Ooh. for the next few days. Awesome. Pumped to, to roll those out. Patrick Royce, what's going on? Raining like Hades, and it's cold down here. It must be about 60, and it's rained all day. Twins got rained out Man. in Sarasota before they even left. They didn't, uh, the bus, I guess, was... They put the bus back to 10.30, and by then they'd already called the game, but it rained all day here, and uh, I guess it's supposed to clear up and they'll, they'll play the rest of this week. But uh, they don't like missing games at this late date because they're getting they're running their pitchers out there now, and they're starting to you know play the real guys here. And uh, What's that? Two rainouts in three days. Right? Yep. They got rained out uh, Sunday, too. So. Correct. Anyway. Uh, Mike Trout. Martin Perez. Hey, Patrick, sorry. Yeah, nice. Mike Trout, 12 nice years, $430 million. Yeah, man, those damn arms, they, they, there's collusion going on here, man. There's collusion. Uh, you know, no wonder Keith Craig Kimbrell doesn't have any money. There's, uh, they're giving it all to Mike Trout, but uh, I guess that's the number. If uh, Harper's going to get 330 you got to give the uh, – 
you know, the best 26-year-old player in baseball history, 430, I guess. So, um, and, and what the Angels, the Angels uh, basically uh, admit they're a, uh, a third-rate minor league team in L.A. compared to the Dodgers if they don't bring him back. So, uh, wow, what a, what a deal, huh? Yeah, that's a... Uh... I mean, if you count the money he's going to make the next two years before the contract kicks in, that's a half billion dollars he's guaranteed from now until the end of his career. Well, I'm assuming the end of his career. So we'll is, see. So this is a 12-year extension. Yeah. Yes. So he's getting 14 years, so he'll be, uh, he'll be 40, huh? When it, isn't he 26? Yeah, he'll be 40 at the end of the contract. Yep. Well, hopefully he'll have better legs at 35 than uh, Albert uh, Albert had. Huh? Suppose hopefully he'll be moving around a little better than Albert uh, by age 40. But uh, you know, that's uh, it's, it's, as I said, they they either give up or they uh, sign him and uh, and then try to. The trouble is now adding, right? <laughs> now that you're paying him that much, now you got to try to add enough to win. I mean, you've had him for. Uh, Six years now? You have had him for six years, and uh, you haven't won yet. So, Have they been in the playoffs? They made it once and got swept, Pat. Once, once, once. They made it once and, uh, since they had him. Uh, there's no denying how good he is, that's for sure. But is it a smart baseball move? I mean, you just touched on it there. The, the, the luxury tax that baseball put in a few years ago is essentially acting... As a salary cap on on some level, Pat, we've seen the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Yankees, the Red Sox, none of them going into the free agent pool because they don't want to go over the luxury tax. I can't imagine that the Angels will, and they just committed almost $40 okay, million dollars to one player. How much is this per year? At, uh, how, how much is it? 13, Thir- uh, uh, no, 12 in the, how much is it? I think it's about thirty-eight million. Thirty-six. Per year. Thirty-six million. Per about thirty-six year. Thirty-six year. Well, that's thirteen more than Joe, and they got to hope the cap goes up, right? I mean, uh, within a couple of years, they got to they got to figure there's new negotiations coming, and I suppose the players will be pushing to, uh, you know, move that threshold up higher for the, uh, you know, the uh, the, the luxury tax uh, threshold. They'll, they'll be attacking that too, so. They get that up to two hundred million, maybe. Uh, you know, that or they get that figure up to one hundred and seventy-five million or something like that. Then, then it doesn't sound quite so bad. Hey, Pat, five thirty tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow morning, are you going to roll out of bed and excitedly go to your television and watch baseball's opening yeah. day as the Mariners play yeah. the Athletics? And another great idea, <laughs> opening in Japan. We've done this before. I guess it's better than opening in Australia like they did a few years ago on a cricket field. Uh, that was a good one, too, right? Those games counted. Am I, am I not? Am they I did. Right? Yes, like Dodgers you know, and Diamondbacks, yeah. Australia on, a, on a cricket field. And, the, boy, that turns Australia into a baseball hotbed. And it's, I mean, or just, you know, they, they can't talk about anything else down there except maybe rugby uh, or cricket or some damn thing. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. They keep doing I don't know. How about the fact that it's such a fiasco that Ichiro is going to be in the lineup? Even though he's probably yeah. not going to make their team, Seattle's right. got him in the lineup just to basically make the Japanese crowds happy. So, okay. Wait. Okay. Start of the o- season opener. Oh, big anticipation. Get ready. Ah, let's just throw this guy in like it was some damn exhibition game and let him play because the Japanese fans will be happy. So. 
Yeah. That's uh, that's kind of weird too. Also on the on the trout contract thing from just a minute ago too. Uh, it's amazing how the Joe Maurer contract in retrospect 184 million over 8 years yeah. and we were just uh, apoplectic around here about how that contract you, you can't do anything with that contract on the books. And uh yeah. The, yeah, the Trout one is two and a half times as big as the Maurer contract. Well, let's not forget that with the Maurer contract hanging over their heads, uh, they did win what five division titles. I think they, they two thousand three. You can't give it much credit because I mean two thousand. How many did they win with Joe? Three. Well, with the contractor won, or with they Joe, won two, they won two, three, and four. They won, yeah, no, four. With Joe, I mean. with Joe on the team, they won. Well, Joe was technically on the team for a part of 04, but not. Yeah, yeah, that's when he got early. He only played 35 games. So, 06, yeah. but I guess 2009. But then they gave him the contract and they haven't won since. All right, uh, they made the playoffs once, so I guess that maybe that's, that's the detriment. But, uh, uh, you know. It's not as though uh, they accomplished nothing with this guy as a player, but that's that's what you'd like people to believe. That's what people would like you to believe, I guess. Hey, I want to mention this kid from Augsburg. Uh, there's about 300 Division three basketball schools in the country, and Booker Copeland from uh, Augsburg today, the uh, National Association of Basketball Coaches, named him the D3 Player of the Year. Wow. Which is never... The award started in 1983, and uh, the MIAC, even though teams have been more successful than uh, Augsburg was this year, uh, no, no MIAC player had ever won it previously. So uh, that's a uh, that's a distinction there. He's a kid from Shakopee, six foot three guard, but he's a he, he led the MIAC in points and rebounds both, I think, and uh, averaged 28 a game. And he started at River Falls, spent a year there, and then he had transferred to Augsburg. He's a junior at Augsburg. Does he and, wind up uh, with a Devin George-like career in the NBA? <laughs> That's true. Uh, Devin never won it, of course, as a national player of the year, but he did have a nice uh, NBA uh, NBA career. That's for sure. I, I don't know. The kid might get a get a tryout. I guess he's supposed to be an athlete. I, I uh, frankly, uh, I saw Devin a few times when he was over there, but I never, I haven't seen this kid. So, if you would have, if you would have asked but, Devin George back in like 1997, well, what do you think uh, your chances are to make 30 million dollars playing in the <laughs> NBA over the next 10 or 15 years? What do you think he would have said? Uh, I remember going to an Augsburg game and writing how good he was, and that uh, he he had a uh, you know the NBA scouts were going to give him a shot. He was going to get a shot in the NBA. And, Getting all these messages from others. Hey, he doesn't have any chance. He's a ball hog and all this stuff. He's not, he's never going to make it. And uh, so he ended up having a nice career. Yeah, not a lot of D threeers though. That uh, lots of D twoers, but not too many D threeers end up uh, making it. Uh, very solid career that he had, and now he's uh, like building homes in North Minneapolis and stuff. He's become a real. Uh, Community activist over there too. Good kid, yeah. an old kid. We're a basketball factory, well, Patrick. Yeah, I know. Yeah, my, uh, That's what I'm my, saying. My stepson, my stepson went to school with him over there, and he was like five eight and chubby. You watch what you watch your mouth. <laughs> some some people stay five eight and chubby, and some don't. Five eight, he's five eight and chubby as a freshman. And the next year, he comes back and he's six four. <laughs> you know, and, uh, 
mom and dad are buying him clothes every 20 minutes. He grew about six inches in one year, and all of a sudden he's a, he's a monster. So, uh, but, uh, but, yeah, he was a, I saw him play there a couple of times, too, just at uh, Vanille. So, that's, uh, yeah, he turned into a, turned out to be a great kid. I was actually, he spent the night with him uh, when he was waiting to see if he could draft it or not. He had a little, just a little party in town here, so. Yeah. So, uh, well, you're, you're counting down the days here uh, before you come back to I RV. Start about expending. Oh, you are? Okay. I'm coming. Yeah, the weather's I'm nice not, now. No, I'm not, I'm not coming back till next Tuesday, a week from today, but I, I've had enough of this nonsense. Yeah, leave the convertible behind, I know. That's right. Well, yeah, top hasn't been up in two days, for goodness sakes. What the hell good do they do? If it's raining, you can't, uh, you can't, uh, you know, what, yeah. what good do they do? You Sunny and 50 here today, Pat. Sunny and 50. I know. I saw, it, it, was that a live photo I saw of, uh, of Target Field? Was that a, was that yeah. a, that a she's, green as could be, no snow? She's looking good. Or any place? The, Holy! Let's, and it's going to be could be sixty next week. The European models are saying it could be sixty for opening day, and we all know that the European models are often right. Oh, that's right. We're sticking. Jesus, poor Iwegians, though. Holy cow, man! Alive, there's some there's some uh, there's some serious serious arse flooding down there, man. Yeah, our guy. Not, uh, uh, not looking. Hope I don't get stuck in it. Well, our guy, our guy yeah. Sage just came in from Omaha today, and they've like major freeway veins are closed in, wow. in Nebraska. Jeez. So it's uh yeah, Nebraska's bad too. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's, uh, and I, I don't think the the fast melt. Uh, I'm not an expert on this, but the fast melt doesn't help. Right, we don't like that. But what, what we're really about worried about here, I, I worry about all these people losing their homes and everything, but I'm worried about that sump pump in Golden Valley. That's really what I'm worried about. The, you know, the rest of you know, the rest of you are on your own. Come on. Keep stumping, pump. <laughs> well, you can always send trusty Judd over to make sure that your house is in working order. Yeah, but if but if it isn't, what can he do about it? If there's a foot of water in the basement, what can be done about it except call up and make me feel bad? That It'll be, be a second pool, Patrick. You'll have two <laughs> pools, right. indoor and outdoor. That's right. That pool might be full. We might not have to put the water in it this year. It might already be in there when we get back. So. All right, Pat. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, uh, gentlemen. We'll have a ball game to talk about tomorrow. All right. Come sounds on. good. All yeah. right. See ya. That's our, that's our veteran baseball Where reporter, Pat Royce. In Iowa, by the way. Now I'm curious where it's flooded is this going to impact me that's all you care about isn't it people are losing their homes i don't want them to lose their homes because it might impact me (laughs) (laughs) no i want all of us not to have flooding i don't like flooding i got to go there twice this i got to go to des moines and then dyersville what would be the worst part about flooding if my car submerges and (laughs) seth and i drown It would and then Seth, you. a young, don't a young, vibrant life is wiped out. Yeah, how about don't drive into it? Yeah, you don't know though. That's the problem. You think it's just this little puddle, and the next thing you know, your car is submerged. I've seen this before. What? <laughs> Haven't you got? Oh, okay. I'll, I'll explain it later. What? It's. I'm serious. You just think, oh, it's a puddle. It's not that bad. And the next thing you know, the car's submerged, and then Seth dies, and it's tragic. <laughs> just the next that. seven miles are underwater. Don't go forward. I'll call you right before I go in, yeah. into what I think is a small puddle, Jonathan. Really looking forward to this trip by these two. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, oh, this doesn't look good. This story doesn't look good. I, I got to go. Man.
I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. All right, Mackie and Jeb with Rami on demand at scorenorth.com and anywhere you find podcasts. See you guys tomorrow. Zolgad, um, I'll talk to you later. Bye.